This is AI Podcast, not artificial intelligence, agency intelligence. Our team's going to be 10 times stronger than all the other teams. A platform for agents. When people think of niche marketing, they're thinking so small scale. In real life agencies, sharing their thoughts. All you need to do is get in front of more people. To transform an industry. Better coverages, uh, better pricing, just better everything. Real. The difference between givers, takers, and matchers. Agents. I guess I took a slightly different path coming to the agency. I know a lot of agencies. You can partner your clients with those companies that are looking for that specific target market. This is AI Podcast. Are you ready? I am. Let's go. Hey, 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 loyal listeners, welcome to Agency Intelligence Podcast, where we give you real agents inside real agencies, giving you the real agency intelligence and not the artificial that they try to make you believe out there. This is Jason Cass, and I am glad that you are with me. Today, we are going to be continuing on building an agency part three. Now, what's funny is, is this was going to just be a two part and then it moved into a three part and now it moves into a four part. Why would you say four part? Because what we discussed about who this was going to be going after new agents or maybe established agents that are going on their own and then perspective of how I'm doing it and the things that I would do today. We talked about discovering who you are, which is one of the most important parts. In part two, we discovered getting markets and that really took over uh, about 20 minutes to do. And I think that's vital for you because what you know is getting markets and what you think is getting markets is not necessarily what you think um, or what you need or what you know. Now, discovering who you are is leads into getting markets, but getting markets also leads into prospecting and servicing. And that's what we're going to talk about today, prospecting and servicing. Now, why I like prospecting and servicing is I believe prospecting is one of my biggest strengths. At the same time, sales and service, I guess not sales, service is one of my weaknesses. I am good at taking things from A to L and terrible at taking it from M to Z. So when I hire, I need to make sure I'm finding people that are good at taking it from M to Z. Okay, It's just an unbelievable excitement I have from A to L. Literally between L and M, I I literally die. I'm just not very good at it. But there's different things that I've been able to cast a vision and being able to have my own agency and building up my own book and building up a staff. I've been able to take myself out of the tactical situation, take myself out of the practical situation and lead more into the vision of what we see. And that allows me to, number one, use my expertise when it comes to to prospecting, but also to look at servicing different. Do I not like servicing because I don't like to service or I do I not like servicing because I don't like the way that we service, right? Something I just um, had my buddy, good, my good friend, uh, uh, Christopher Cook tell me in another podcast, which I thought was really good, is he said that somebody said in his staff that they need to forget what they know and build what they need. Very, very important when he was talking about technology at that. And we're going to talk about that in in, in part four, but it's the same thing here. So when we're talking about prospecting, I want us to define from a high level what prospecting is. Is prospecting goes back to the same thing as servicing. Now you may say like, how is that? They're actually the same exact thing. They really truly are. And to separate them is different. And when I discovered that and realized that prospecting was my strength, it's not that I didn't dislike servicing. I didn't like the way we were having to do it. 
Everything in prospecting and servicing from a high level comes down to two things, okay? Starts at two things. Proactive and reactive. Proactive and reactive. You've heard those before. But have you really thought about them? There's a proactive prospector and there's a reactive prospector. There's someone who says, I need to do what I can to get my name known and wait for people to come to me. Now, some people would think that's reactive or that's proactive. I don't think so. Proactive is sitting around doing nothing, okay? And, and our proactive, excuse me, sorry about that. Reactive is sitting around um, doing nothing and waiting for it to come in. I would say it like this. A car salesman is very reactive sales. Makes a lot of money, can do well, but really relies on the business advertising and marketing to drive it in. Then you have proactive insurance or car salesmen, and I'm only putting it in there so we can see it. Then we have proactive that are the ones who are realizing and keeping a database of when their itch cycle is of the people buying the car. Is it two years? Do they like to get one every two years? Do they get one every four years? It doesn't take long from somebody buying a vehicle from you or buying insurance from you for you to be able to realize their daily habits and their behavioral habits. And some of those are very, very tough because we're bombarded with behavioral data and that's one of the parts of NEON that's going to have, bring that together. But I want us to keep in mind that when it comes to prospecting, there's reactive and proactive. Okay. When it comes to servicing, there's reactive and proactive. You want to be proactive in everything that you do when it comes to pro, when it comes to prospecting and servicing. But you need to have processes and systems to make sure that when the reactive part comes, which is something you don't have maybe control over or maybe you did at the beginning and you're waiting for it to come through the funnel, that you have a process for that. One of the things that Nicholas Ayers and Preston Schmidley and McBilly Sy, if you don't know them, check them out. I know you do as loyal listeners. You've seen them on here. One of the things they say is that most people don't have a problem with prospects or leads. What they have a problem with is the process to be able to, to process those in a proactive and reactive manner. So a couple different things that we're looking at when it comes to um, when it comes to servicing. You guys have heard me say this before, and I think it's important for me to bring this forward to where we are now. Because I think that if you haven't heard this before, this is going to be a mindset shift in your brain. Okay. And that is the way that we have always serviced. We have we have and prospected to where we will send an agent out maybe pay the person 40 or 50% commission if they write a policy, okay? They are then going to call 100 people, meet with 30, quote up 10, and write five. Those numbers vary, but let's just say that, that on an average thing, that could be pretty possible, right? If you made 100 phone calls and you wrote five or six people, depending on the revenue per client, that could be a very, very successful thing. If the revenue per client is 20 bucks, that wasn't very successful. But the point is, is that it has to do with that. You need to go back to episode one to realize our episode two, well, one and two, to realize that revenue per employee would be something that would be vital to me to understand even at the beginning. Okay. So we spend now certain amounts of money helping that person get out there, supporting them, doing the quote, having them come in, doing the quote, proposing it, use staff your time, using technology to then go out and present to 10 people out of the 30 that said yes and the 100 that they initially called to write five. Once again, I don't know if that's profitable or not, but I believe that there's a different and better way. Okay? I believe there's a different, better way 
based on the fact that when they do write that, now you have to pay them 40 or 50% commission, new business. Don't have to, but this is an average agency. And then one renewals, you're going to pay them 20 to 30% and you're going to be servicing it. That's why my buddy Chris Paradiso says that you're really not making profit on most basic line package policies, personal lines until about a, a year, year point nine and months, year and nine months. Um, so there, there's a lot of different statistics out there. And Neon's going to bring more of these factors in because our management systems are just terrible at helping uh, us find those. And we're going to talk more about that in technology. But is there a better way? Do you think that maybe a producer has an incentive to maybe write somebody that doesn't fall in line with who you are or what your markets serve, but because they got a yes because they got a friendly, yeah, I'll take a quote. Because I got a friendly, I like to keep my agent honest. I mean, seriously, people get told that straight up and they still quote. So, so is there a better way than that? You know, How do we direct who we want? I heard me say it before. I think I said it in, in number one. When I was in the basement of my home, I, did, I got the clients that I wanted and that I chose. And so they happened to be exactly who I was and fit my markets and actually happened to be very good business. Hmm. So how did I do that? Well, it's not so much that I was proactive. It's, it's not so much that I was out there trying to beat the bush. It's what it was is when I found my first three, four, five, and I had discovered who I was. And keep in mind, I was still very, very green at this time in this. One of the things I did then is I wrote anything as that uh, fogs a mirror. And I don't want to say that that's a bad thing if you're a new agency starting out. Sometimes you just need revenue. Sometimes you need to start somewhere so you can build the connections and be proactive off of those that maybe you were reactive on or maybe those were just loyal to you and they were going to come to you because you're starting your own business anyways. Those are where you start. That's what you build off of. Now, here's what happens. You get five or ten of your family members, your friends, current clients that you knew you could get or you used to have and you have them and then what you do is you continually if you're by yourself you go out there on your own you call 100 people you see 30 you quote 10 and you get five right so you're just going through that method and you eventually have like 50 or 100 clients and you keep going out and calling 100 and and seeing 30 and quoting 10 and writing five right what about those 50 that you have and you're thinking, oh, Jason, Jason, cross-selling. I get it. No, 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 that cross-selling. This is being proactive in a reactive way, right? This is being proactive in saying, Who's here? here is some nice, easy, low-hanging fruit. And it's so much not cross-selling them. Yes, that's important. But it's also understanding that they're your next lead that makes it proactive. Now, here's what happens. We can do the process that we always talk about and that I just laid out. Or what we can do is we can focus on the clients that we have. Focus on them hard. Create a customer experience. Knowing who they are, allowing and giving them that technology. Understanding the type of service and communication they want, servicing and communicating that way with them. Understanding that they like high touch points or no touch points and doing just that. Doing what they want based on who you are because you already found out who you are and you're attracting that person. Now, what happens when you use video and you use podcasting and you use uh, blogging and you use other technology like text messaging and different types of thing and well-crafted email marketing campaigns that go to this specific type of person, now what you're going to start to do is you're going to start to build value and you're also going to start to build authority. And when you build authority, there's something that goes on. 
people want other people to know what they know or they've found out that may be new to them because they always want to be the one that says, hey, I know the best, right? How many times when your friends say, hey, I'm looking for this or looking for that, or I'm going to go do this, you always want to give them advice, right? You always want to let them know where your success is well before because you want to cast your authority on the fact that their well-being is important for you. And you got that, they got that from the agency that they were doing with that has building authority and knowing who they are by attracting that certain type of client. They're going to serve them better. And guess what happens? That client now goes and gets other clients. And knowing who you are and what fits them, guess what? They hang out with those type of people too. And even if you went and found the five people that they hang around the most, it's almost guaranteed it's going to be just like that client. Now we're being reactive. And off one client, we have five possible prospects. So what if we had 20 possible clients? That would be 100 prospects. Do you think if you call those 100 prospects, which were built off of being proactive off those 20 clients you already have, do you think that you would possibly quote more than 30? Do you think that you would possibly propose to more than 10? Do you think that you would probably write more than five? I think the answer is overwhelmingly yes. Then why do we do the other? Why do we do the other? Think about that. You have people who are already doing business with you who are out there speaking and preaching the insurance gospel about you. They're sending you business that has a higher closing ratio. And guess what? You don't have to pay them a new business or renewal commission. These are the ways you have to start thinking even when you're by yourself. And when you start seeing the success that comes, now it's easier to find other producers because you discovered who you are. You've gotten the markets that make you successful. You've attracted the people that are in that need. You've built authority with them and you've seen growth of revenue per client that's been above and beyond what the average agent does. How easy is it to have a system that you've already worked through simplification of having a good customer experience and having your employees and your clients reach out on their behalf and bring them in? How great is that? And why don't we do that? Because it takes work. Because it leads back to what we said. It comes back to prospecting up front. You're still prospecting and actually calling those 20 clients you have to reach those 100. So you're still doing the same thing. You're still getting calling on 100 people. But we will go out and find people and meet them and say, hey, here I am. And we throw that into our list of 100. How much sense does this make? It doesn't make much sense at all. Did you hear that virtual intelligence and on-hand VAs actually merged? That's right. I was talking to Michael Cruz and checking out what he has there with his Colombian workers. And I said to him, dude, what's up? You realize you're not a VA, right? He said, what do you mean? I said, you're a VE. Look it up on ChatGPT. I encourage you to do that too. He's got forward-facing VEs. VEs that can answer the phone and take questions 30 days in. You say yes to Michael. I want what you have. In 30 days, that's what he delivers. I said, Michael, this is unbelievable. We're strong in the front, but we're really strong in the back end. You provide the external VE for us. We provide the internal VE. I looked at him. I said, buddy, let's do this together. Let's, let's do this. And he looked at me and he put out his hand and like a good solid Cuban American, he said, Jason, I'm committed. Let's do it. And that's what we did. 
We flew to Columbia, we saw his operation, and you need to see it too. Give us a little click at Virtual Intel, that's with two L's, that's Virtual I-N-T-E-L-L.com. Go check us out, see what we're doing. High quality VEs mixed with technology, delivered right into your agency, and you don't have to do all the things that you don't like to do, like hiring, firing, recruiting, recruiting, trying to find processes. Just, there's so much stuff, I can't even say it right. That's right, Virtual Intel, cast certified. But prospecting is it. A lot of you guys are coming from the exclusive captive side. And you're looking and saying, I only had one company that I could use to help these people. If I go over on that independent side, I can have 10, 20, 40. It's a lie. You don't need that. What you need is you need 20 clients and get in their circle of five and be proactive. Because proactive just doesn't have to do with prospecting. Proactive just doesn't have to do with servicing. Proactive has to do with on the back end, not only getting it, but also getting referrals. And referrals, there's a difference between referrals. It's proactive and reactive. So here's the difference. A reactive referral would be Susan did business with me at the Insurance Alliance. And Susan is talking with Jim. And Jim says, you know what, Susan, my insurance went up and I need to get a place. To I need to find some insurance. Where do you get insurance? Oh, let me tell you. I go over here to Jason at the Insurance Alliance. They're fantastic. Give them a phone call. Look them up online. And that's usually what happens. They go look it up online. And then they call me. And that is a referral. And everybody's excited about those. Let me, let me tell you something. You don't get as many as you think. Study after study has proven that if you think you get 100 referrals, you don't get more than 25. If you think you get 100 referrals in a year, you don't get more than 25. Where the real super agencies are doing it is on the proactive measure. And what does a proactive measure look like? It looks like what we just talked about with the prospecting and servicing. And that's how the proactive referral comes. Because when Susan buys from me, she doesn't wait for Tim to ask her. She goes and tells Tim what she just experienced. She goes and tells Tim that her insurance was $187 a month and now it's $174 a month, but she now has full coverage on the cars and auto security and blah, 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 right? And not only that, it was amazing how they did business because it, it was a quick phone call. They connected with us on text messages. They sent us a video proposal that we were able to watch on our own time. It was able to electronically sign documents. It was incredible. It's unlike any other insurance agency or any actually service for that matter. I just got a house and I just uh, bought a mortgage and it wasn't that simple. When she goes and tells Tim without Tim having to ask her, that's a proactive referral. You're going to get proactive referrals when you prospect and you service the way I'm talking about. Now, how are you going to get that side of service? Getting that kind of service is important to be building on, yes, a customer experience. But that customer experience has to be executed by people who believe in that customer experience. And you are to start. You alone by yourself or you bringing a CSR of some type, he or she also needs to be involved in what that looks like because the staff that you get, most of the time we hire slow, fire fast. I just heard somebody the other day say hire even slower and fire even faster. So that tells you something which I think is unique. Some people could say that's wrong and some people can say that's right. You can be Simon Sinek and believe the clouds are the most puffy thing in the world. Don't get me wrong, it works, but also it doesn't necessarily work for Main Street America like it does corporate America. 
Um, and understand the staff that you get. Are you looking for someone who's proactive? Are you looking for somebody who's reactive? Here's what we do as agency owners, and do not fall for this when you're building an agency. Don't hire the person because you like them. Hire them because they are who you are. When we are attracting people based on who we are and what we set back in part one, we don't just attract those type of prospects and clients. We start to attract that type of employee. We start to attract that type of producer. See how and reason why part one is so important about who you are? Everything falls back to that. Your mission statement, your core values. We now have values that are technical service core values. So it's not important, yes, that we believe in trust, but how do we execute that trust in our daily, in our daily life? We need to make sure we're all doing it the same way. We need to understand that the millennials today are looking at the world differently than they were then. Their loyalty is considered how great they were at the time they were doing the job, not over the length of them being with the company. We have understand that we have millennials who are wanting it to be more fun. They're wanting to be more engaging. They're wanting to use their brain in different ways other than just doing simple data prospecting. The millennials of today are looking to be offering proactive services proactive prospecting and proactive referrals with a proactive customer experience. They're looking for that. They're dying for it. Sitting in an agency and just sitting down and saying, here's your thing. And when the phone rings, do this or that, that's boring. It's not going to keep them. Why are some agencies attracting millennials? I'm 42 years old. Sarah's 43. Her and I are the oldest in the agency. Two of them, two of the others are in their twenties. All the rest are in their thirties. I'm not saying we're doing anything better, but I'll tell you this, I fell in love with the saying a long time ago is insurance is fun. And when we make it fun, we make it fun for our clients. We attract those people who like it to be fun. And guess what? Insurance is fun. With our staff, we don't pay vacation days. So they have unlimited vacation days. You can't be an agency of 10, 15, 20, and then all of a sudden start that. So as you as a new agent, you as the established agent who's starting your own agency, utilize this. Look for people like that. Well, man, Jason, if I gave unlimited vacation, I'd have people taking five, six, seven weeks off. Then guess what? They're not engaged and they don't have the same vision you and your other team do for the business. Because anybody who would rightfully think that they may earn four, five, six, ten weeks off, that's not somebody who's living in the real business world, let alone in a business that I'm going to revolve in the world. So that's 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 a different thought. Sarah... Um, uh, Sarah Beard, 618-545-9858, 618-545-9858. Her name's Sarah Beard. It's a direct line. Call her and ask her. She doesn't have any vacation. Ask her how much she's taken in the last two or three years, probably about two or three weeks, and we've had to beg her to take that because she feels obligated. She knows why she's here for the team, and she also knows that anytime she needs a day off, she can have it because we don't have personal time. She's going to make sure that the team knows. You don't even ask Travis and I. Just make sure that the team knows. Make sure that somebody's there to cover your spot and roll on out. That's the way that it is. Are you trying to look at a different pay structure? Are you trying to say, hey, I'll pay a base and then I'm going to pay a commission plus, plus new business? I would, I would ask a lot more agents. Once again, one of the reasons why to be an AI mastermind. I would ask agents that are out there and say, how are you paying them? But watch who you're asking because you want to ask your elite. Because a lot of them are just not doing regular splits. A lot of them are paying based on revenue size. A lot of them are paying based on 
here is your cost, but if you don't do this or that, here's what you could make by taking away income. It's different things. Almost everything in business, except for the core traits, have almost been flipped on their head. And you probably have heard me talk about that in other um, series. But make sure the person you're hiring is good for the position and not good for you. Not because, oh, they're very talkative and we got along really well. That is literally number seven or eight. Do they fit the culture? Do they have the core values? Do they understand where you're going? Do they have passion? Do they have the knowledge? Do they have the, the credentials? Yeah, that's all important. That's definitely important. But make sure that they're good for that position. Are they a CSR? They need to be outgoing. Doesn't mean that they just need to make, how many times do we hire CSRs and, we, and they say, well, I don't like really making phone calls. And it's like, okay, don't worry about it. We'll have Jenny make the phone call and after they're warmed up, then we'll pass it to you. Uh-uh, that doesn't work. Well, man, they have a gift of gab. And boy, what I tend to do, and I'm bad about this, loyal listeners, is I tend to hire people that are a lot like me. That's not very effective. Don't use that. Travis helped me understand that. Uh, Billy Williams and Tom Baker helped me understand that that's not the best way. And sometimes the person that I need to hire for my agency is not the one I'm going to be most compatible with at first. But how dare they be compatible with me or not if they believe in the core values and they have the qualifications of what we're looking for for that position? I guarantee you they're going to end up, we're going to end up liking them because of all those things are in line. They know where we're going. We may not be walking and holding hands, we're working side by side and we're marching. There's a lot more that I could talk about, but I just wanted to break that down when it comes to prospecting and servicing. I think that we focus way too much on prospecting when we should be focused on, on servicing that will then help our prospecting. That has a lot to do with as well personal lines. But the same can be said for commercial lines, and I would actually willing to bet that it's probably more of an importance. You just may not realize it. I'm going to end with this. There's a thing I've talked about before. Um, I've been teaching my producers this for five, ten years because I was taught this 10, 15 years ago. And it's the four cards of selling where we believe in price, coverage, service, relationship. Price, coverage, service, and relationship. All right? So if we look at those, who controls the price card, the company or the agent? The company. No matter what you say, at the end of the day, they control what the price is. Who controls the coverages? The company does. No matter what you say, the company does. They control what, what endorsements will be put on and won't be put on and are allowed to be put on and not put on. So at the end of the day, they control it. Who controls the service card? A lot of you guys would say you, and I would be willing to bet it's not what you think. Getting ID cards out quickly is not considered awesome service. Helping them get certificates of insurance is not awesome service. So keep that in mind. Get out of your own way. Who owns the relationship card? 100% the insurance agent does. 100% the insurance agent does. The key is here is think about this. There are four areas inside of this process dealing with clients and prospects. And out of those, you only cover, you only care, um, you are only in control of 25% of that. How do you get yourself to 50%? You have to increase the service card. The service card has to be increased. And when it is, how do you do that? You offer risk management services. You offer tangible things like, like self-service portals to where they can do their own certificates of insurance while they have to wait on every other agent. 
mobile apps that they can use inside of their commercial business that each one of their employees can have. Helping them understand how you can use the service of managing your miles and being able to perform risk management and safety in real time on the people who are driving your vehicles. You being able to use workers' compensation data and technology to be able to help you lower your mod and to be able to not only help you figure out how am I going to end up paying out less in the event of a claim, but on the other side of my insurance, how am I going to try on property to maybe get more out of a claim without being overinsured? These are the different type of things that you can do on services rather than let me see your insurance, I'll try to quote it. Because I want to tell you and leave you with this. No matter what anybody tells you, don't sell on price. My friend Brent Kelly always says, she says to me, Jason, he says, price is always an issue. Just don't make it the number one issue or number two. And you do that by helping increase the service card. And that's how you do that. And when you do, guess how much of the playing field you control? 50%. Now it's an even playing field. And it's real easy to get price and coverage out of the way when you're providing service that's unbelievable that they're not getting anywhere else with a relationship that's letting them know that you're there for them. This has been Jason Cass with Building an Agency Part 3. Today we talked about prospecting and servicing. I hope there was at least one thing you can take away from that. And I want you to keep in mind, you don't need a lot of markets. You don't need a lot of prospects. You just need the right ones. I do what I do because I do it for you. This has been Jason Cass with Agency Intelligence, where I've given you a real agent, me, inside of a real agency, the Insurance Alliance, giving you the real agency intelligence and not the artificial that they try to make you believe out there. Now everybody, break the norms, question what they tell you, and keep rocking on. This is Cass. I'm out.